In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second day of the great, uh, second Sunday of Great Lent, and today's gospel reading tells us of how Christ was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by Satan in seclusion uh, when he was in the wilderness. We now have completed two of the eight weeks of fasting for Great Lent, and as we spoke about last week, Great Lent is like a journey. It's a spiritual journey uh, during this uh, few weeks that we uh, partake of it together, but it's also a model for the spiritual life generally. So in these uh, seven weeks leading up to Holy Week, uh, you have here this path of the spiritual journey. First, like we talked about, um, th there was a commitment to walk uh, in the journey, that uh, the, the commitment to get to the destination, and that Christ is, of course, the goal and the destination of that journey. But then today we read that along the way, we also fall along that journey. and But we read next week that when we do fall, that God accepts us, and He picks us up again, and He always is there with us along the journey to pick us up when we fall. Uh, we receive nourishment along the way, along this journey. We receive healing along the way. Seeing the destination at a distance, we receive encouragement and finally arriving at that destination. So today, though, we read about that the second week, which is um, immediately after his baptism. As soon as he receives the baptism uh, by the hands of St. John, Scripture says that he was led by the Spirit to the wilderness, and when alone, he was tempted by Satan uh, with three temptations. The story has a lot of beneficial topics um, for us to explore because we gain many fruitful insights uh, when we look at the warfares that our Lord Jesus Christ had and indeed the warfares that all of uh, the saints before and even after have with our enemy, uh, Satan. And when we look at this activity of the what's called the diabolic warfare, we begin beginning at the first temptation of even with Adam and Eve, but also when we read in the Old Testament, like for example, the, the trial of Job the prophet, and when we read today the temptation of Christ, and we also read in like, for example, the Desert Fathers and how they struggled and, and was uh, were always uh, fighting against the, the enemy of mankind. Um, we see that Satan in all of these examples and also his minions, the demons, um, they all use the same tactics. They, see, they use the same tools that, are, uh, they, that they try to make mankind stumble uh, throughout the millenniums, right? Um, we also learn many valuable insights in our own spiritual life when we study these things. First, we learn that even though we're baptized and we're Christians, and even though we're taking communion, we have to endure temptations that Satan will tempt us with. And this is, uh, this is a guarantee, right? But God always allows us to only be exposed to what we can bear. But St. Peter in his epistle warns us about this and lets us know ahead of time. He says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Therefore, we should expect his warfare um, on us, even though we are Christian and are baptized, and we shouldn't be surprised as though some strange thing has happened to us. Satan hates us and utterly hates us uh, with an envious type of hatred because humanity, though he, though we're in the flesh, are able to be elevated to something very spiritual. And though he was also elevated at a very high state, uh, cannot he was degraded and, and cannot be close to God and enjoy his presence uh, that he once had that we currently have. He hates mankind because he himself can never attain to such beautiful things that we have. And he's very envious of that. The depth of his envy and hatred, uh, hatred towards us 
is beyond our thinking. It is a truly cruel type of hatred that he has for us. But because of this, he puts trials on everyone. He, he, his warfare is on all humanity. Diabolic wars fight against everyone. No one escapes from them, both saint and sinner, beginners and experienced, faithful and atheists, people of other religions. It doesn't matter because he wants a general trend of evil to exist in the world. And he, you know, tries to touch everybody with this uh, wicked hand of his. But sometimes the warfare is more fierce, of course, against the baptized Christians who are growing in grace and who have put their mind and heart on a spiritual work. As soon as the devil's aware that some of his sheep are determined to leave him, he goes crazy, right? He, he kind of loses control. He gathers all of his forces against them in fury and anger, and he begins to plot against that person. Whenever we put our hands on the plow to farm the spiritual farm, he immediately puts up obstacles. He gets alarmed because he knows the power that that can have not only on your life, but on everybody in your sphere of life as well. He realizes that whenever someone whom he has stolen in the first place is lost, that it goes back to the person he stole it from, which is God, the true owner of our souls. So it never belonged to him in the first place. But when we try to steal it back and bring it back to God, that's when he gets really alarmed. Because the warfare is against God himself. Ultimately, his warfare is not with humanity. We are in the way, but it's with it's against God himself and against his kingdom and against the blessed people whom are his temples, the temples of the Holy Spirit, which, of course, are the Christians. Whenever we start the spiritual work, for example, the Lent fast that we're currently going through now, he begins to fight us with all craftiness. When we stand and pray, we may be vexed by some uh, thoughts and problems that are in our life. Maybe we get into a fight with someone during Holy Lent or some issues at work pop up. Especially uh, he gets annoyed at the fasting times and especially during Lent, right? Um, he may raise all sorts of problems during Lent and take our minds away from the spiritual work that we're trying to do during this holy time um, so that we you know, don't fast or don't pray and reach out to God in a type of spiritual renewal. He doesn't want that. So he gets really alarmed during Lent and his activities, especially at the beginning, are, are uh, difficult, right? Uh, so I talked to many of you and you guys are like, yeah, you know, that's very true. During the beginning of Lent, we see these weird problems that pop up all of a sudden. Don't think it's strange. It's very common among all Christians who attempt to uh, have that spiritual work. But we must be willing to fight and fight the good spiritual fight. Pope Shenouda once said, no one is crowned except the one who conquers and none shall conquer except the one who fights. He will fight. Uh, us until the last breath and we have to fight back that's that is the the christian that is what's called the militant church right but our our militancy is not with anyone of this world it's of course with the spiritual world there was a story of one desert father who was well on his deathbed uh saw a demon on a window uh like he was like hanging out at the window and so this this old man who was on his deathbed got up, struggled up, grabbed his cane and shook it at the demon and said, do you not think that I'm ready to fight? Here I am. I'll fight you until the last breath. And that's the kind of attitude we need to have 
is we're always ready to stand up against uh, any forces of wickedness. So because we know that this warfare is normal and the cost of like, you know, as some say the cost of doing business as Christians, we shouldn't be surprised and we should be prepared so that we can have victory, of course, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Temptations from Satan can be beneficial. These trials that he puts in front of us have offer many potential benefits. That's why God allows these kind of temptations to befall us, even the faithful, because it can be beneficial for us. Spiritual warfare gives experience, for example, to the Christian. The person becomes practiced in fighting, in warfare, and learns the tricks of this cruel enemy. He becomes, he becomes stronger in Christ through this kind of experience. The person can also help others as well who are also struggling once uh, they get exposed to this. Um, as an example, one of the Desert Fathers, I'm going to quote them a lot, because if you read the Desert Fathers, which I encourage you all to do, uh, you realize that they struggled in a very real way against the forces of uh, the evil one, and they oftentimes overcame. There's also stories of them stumbling as well. They, they write these in the stories so that we can learn. One says, Satan does not know how the passion of the soul may be conquered, but he sows not, kn not knowing whether he will reap, but with the thoughts of but with the thoughts of fornication of slander and of all the passions towards which he sees the soul inclines he fights against it and enslaves it so he sows but he doesn't know how you will react because he of course it all depends on how we respond to the grace that our lord gives us he learns these things through scripture and through experience um, we also learn from experience and clear demonstration with patience that he who is inside us, of course, is stronger than he who is in the world. So we know that we will overcome when we lean on God. As Psalm 144 says, blessed be, my, blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So we have to always put our, our mind that this is kind of like a warfare that we're going through and to acknowledge it. Such experience also teaches us to cleave and to hold fast to God and our relationship with God. When we're victorious, we experience God's saving grace firsthand. We become firsthand witnesses of his victory. It teaches us to be awake spiritually, too, that we should always be on guard. If, if we were truly in a physical war, we wouldn't be sleeping. We'd be on guard against the enemy. But this is a spiritual war, and we should always be that. We should always have that same attitude, like Luke chapter twelve says, "Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning." You should always be awake. Another such benefits too we gain from this uh, struggle, this spiritual struggle, such as increasing our faith. We we gain in courage, patience, love for God, all these wonderful things. But probably the greatest lesson that we can learn from spiritual warfares is humility. This is the best thing that we can learn. When we're faced with warfare, we immediately, and um, like first step, is we call upon the name of Jesus Christ, that God can help us. We only stand, of course, by His grace and mercy and not by our own power. And it is through humility that we win God's grace and we conquer the enemy. That was the secret of all the saints' victories. If you look at all the saints on the icons and the saints that we read about, what was their secret? It was their humility. All of them had that because humility opens up all the other virtues such as love and faith and, and God's grace and, and protection. St. Anthony, for example, once saw the traps of the devil laid out on the whole earth. He received this vision and saw such uh, you know, temptation and traps uh, and the system in the world of his time. And he sighed and asked the Lord, Lord, who can escape from all these traps? He then heard a voice from heaven saying, 
the humble can escape. The humble can escape. Once St. Macarius was met by the devil who said to him, I suffer a great deal from you, Macarius. You guys know St. Macarius, of course, one of the great uh, desert fathers. And the devil told him, I suffer a great deal from you, Macarius, for every time I want to harm you, I am unable to do so. Everything which you can do, I can do also. You fast, I never eat. You watch, I never go to sleep. And there is one thing only which you do to conquer me. And then St. Macarius asked him, and what is that? And Satan said, it is your humility, for it is because of this that I cannot vanquish you. Humility is like kryptonite to Satan, for all the little kids. Um, it it is, a, is something that overcomes him, it weakens him. Because God himself who dwells in the highest, he looks upon the lowly and gives him greatness. And our Lord has made this kind of like a natural law, that as one increases in humility, as he lowers himself in humility, God exalts him in greatness. And this is a, a truth that just resonates throughout the centuries in all of humanity, and it resonates even in today's time. The more we are humble and in humility, the more God exalts us uh, under his powerful hand and exalts us to greatness. He grants the humble mercy, he grants them grace, he grants them help, and he grants them protection. St. Peter says as such in 1 Peter chapter 5, Be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, and he, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And St. James says the same thing, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And of course, our Lord himself says, whoever exalts himself will be humbled and who humbles himself will be exalted. It's just a truth that exists that those who are humble, um, God will raise up. Let us always ask for God's mercy and humility because we know that it's in his mercy that all things stand. We stand by his, mer by, by his mercy, even in the height of our strength and our power and our understanding. We know that it's only by God's mercy that we stand. Humility gives us, therefore, the strength to overcome any ad attacks of the, of, the, of the devil and his uh, demons. But sometimes this lesson is learned the hard way. Um, it's learned only by falling. And that's part of the spiritual life as well, because falling can be the best teacher. Falling can be the best teacher sometimes. It teaches us that we need to rely on him more. It's, it also gives us that um, great love and kindness towards other people as well. When we see others struggling with sin, we are much more reluctant to realize our own weakness, uh, much more ready to re recognize our own weakness and reluctant to judge others who are maybe struggling with some sort of sin. We understand the nature of the spiritual battle because we ourselves have struggled through it. We've fallen and we've been victorious at times as we gain that experience of leaning on Christ. Um, there's no judging someone for the person who is uh, truly spiritually experienced. There's no judging someone who's struggling because that person knows that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of witnesses, witnesses, wickedness in high places, spiritual hosts of wickedness. Even those whom Satan uses to fight us directly with like persecutions, you may find, for example, some of the martyrs' families uh, forgiving the, the persecutors uh, who killed their husbands or their fathers or their uh, mothers 
they would forgive them. It's not a human quality at all. When you look at that, it's something divine working in them for them to be able to forgive uh, those who have killed their, their relatives. But in today's reading, um, you know, we understand who the true enemy is. It's not another human being, but it's Satan himself. We learn that Satan cast down, he wants to cast down people, just like he wanted to cast down Christ, saying, throw yourself from the cliff. He wants to cast us down, and he wants to cast uh, everybody into this kind of pit. That, um, And that's what he and his army of demons wants to do to us. But Christ, in contrast, wants to lift us up and do all and, and uh, raise up all the followers of Christ, just like the Christians themselves, that they also want to do for other people. And those who, um, those who want, they want those around them to be lifted up, right? And that's how you can tell the difference between a Christian and somebody who's not following God, right? A true person following God and those who do not follow God. Those who do seek to lift others who are around them in humility. Those who do not seek God, whether they call themselves Christian or not, do not seek God, they want to cast down others that are around them. They want to lower and backstab and, and hurt the honor of other people. But in today's reading, Christ overcame Satan on behalf of all humanity. Um, when he is working in us, we too share in that victory. We share in the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ because he conquered Satan in the flesh um, and he conquered on behalf of all of humanity. So may God give us that discernment to not be deceived by any of the traps of the wicked one as we look with humility towards him who will complete our journey in victory to whom be glory forever. Amen.